Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. And good evening, Sydney. Welcome to Higher Ground on SEN 1170. Monday, the 5th of July. This is your late night rugby league chat room. Chris Warren with you through until midnight. Uh, get involved with the program if you want to pick up the phone. 1300 01 1170. That's the open line number. Or you can send us a text here at Higher Ground 0457 736 736. And boy, there's plenty uh, for us to sink our teeth into. Uh, both State of Origin teams for Game 3 have been named in the past 24 hours or so. Uh, we'll chat through those selections from both camps. Please, as, as I say, feel free uh, to join the conversation. Mitchell Moses and Appy Coruscant. They'll make their New South Wales origin debut. Dal Finucane also coming into the Blues side after a rib injury to starting prop Daniel Safiti. Queensland has also made a few changes, uh, none of which are forced by injury though. Into the side, Kalen Ponga, AJ Brimson and Hamiso Tabuai-Fido. Um, out go Kyle Felt, Andrew McCulloch and Francis Molo. So Val Holmes, he'll shift to the wing. Ben Hunt, into hooker, and A.J. Brimson is the utility on the bench. David Fafida, he has been named in the uh, on the the bench, rather, but um, does have a question mark over him, doesn't he? He needs to uh, beat a, uh, a grade one dangerous contact charge at the NRL judiciary if he is able to play. Now, Origin Talk, it's taken a bit of a back seat tonight after the NRL confirmed its penalty to the Dragons, players who attended Paul Vaughan's uh, private party at the weekend. In doing so, uh, breaching the NRL's biosecurity protocols. Also, breaking the law, it must be said as well. Now, the fines total just over $300,000 spread across the 13 players at fault. Uh, Vaughan and Corey Norman have been hit the hardest. Uh, they were fined 50000 each. Uh, Vaughan, you might remember, uh, had a biosecurity breach last year as well. Can you believe it? Now, the size of the fines, uh, they reflect the players' past indiscretions and also the salary that they are on. Now, Vaughan um, has also been slapped with an eight-game ban. The others, they all get one match banned. So the Dragons have enough players uh, so they can field a team. Those bands, well, they can be served across two, three or four games. Uh, but forget the monetary fines for just a minute. I mean, the real cost of this brain explosion is the potential damage that these blokes may have caused to the game. It's exactly this type of thing that comes into consideration and you better believe this is true, when governments are weighing up whether to grant various exemptions, etc., to Peter Volandis and his ARL commission. Now, I can only assume that Vaughan and co. must not have thought about this at the time. But their actions could have huge consequences. The competition, well, it won't be, but it could have been stopped. It still, it still possibly could. And what about the Dragons fans? Their team, they were right in the fight. Seventh on the ladder, I think, um, currently and on track to make the NRL finals. What I can just about guarantee now is that the Dragons will not make the eight. Pretty big price to pay, isn't it? All for a weekend at Vaughnies. 
Uh, more COVID news as well. Roosters uh, duo Fletcher Baker and Brad Abbey, they will undergo a mandatory 14-day quarantine after both players were exposed to positive COVID-19 cases. Uh, they've done nothing wrong, um, just wrong place, wrong time. So Baker attended a, a supermarket at the same time as a case was there, while Abbey, he lives in an, an apartment block, I think, where a positive case was recorded. Uh, Baker notched his uh, eighth NRL appearance against the Storm. Uh, last Thursday in that uh, 46-0 loss uh, to the Storm. What about all the blowouts over the weekend? Uh, we can talk about that as well. Uh, feel free again to jump on the line and have a chat. Give me a call or just send your thoughts, thoughts through via the text line. If you take out yesterday's two games, right, and you take out Friday's two games, which were both decided by one point, the other four had an aggregate score of 194 points to six. I know. Yes. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head as well. Uh, you might want to talk about that. Great win uh, by the Broncos yesterday. Uh, Kevy said he wanted a reset. Well, he got a reset, all right. I, I loved what I saw from them. Let's hope that the Broncos have turned the corner. Quite a few changes in administration, also with the roster, uh, starting to take some shape. Great to see Katoni Staggs back on deck. And uh, I'll be talking to Stevie Renoff. We, we chat to the Pearl most Monday nights here on Higher Ground. It's been a bit dis uh, depressing the last few weeks talking to Stevie. He hasn't... Uh, well, you know, he's done his best to try and have a smile in his voice, but now he can have a genuine smile because the Broncos had a good win and uh, I think he's pretty happy with this team that Queensland have come up with for Origin 3. You're listening to Higher Ground, your late-night rugby league chat room. Get involved. 0457 736 736 is that text line or jump on the open line. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Yes, great to have your company. 25 minutes to 10 o'clock. That's the mad Russian over there. He's on the panel tonight, pushing all the buttons in the cockpit. He's given me the night off here. I'm just going to sit over here and chat chat through with you, hopefully. I'd love you to get involved with the program. It's, it's much more fun and more enjoyable and more interesting, I think, if it's a bit interactive uh, here in your late-night league lounge. I think that's what we might call oh. this year, the late-night league lounge higher ground. Yeah? You okay with that, Very Rusky? good. No, it's taken us half the season to get to that. The late well, we're getting league a, lounge, we, 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 we're a work good. in progress. Look, we never said it was going to be an instant uh, success. This this program you and I have uh, putting together, you know, we're rolling from week to week, um, and and I think it's going it's going swimmingly. Get involved with this one three hundred oh one eleven seventy if you want to pick up the dog and bone and uh, get off your pain house and uh, give us an SG ball, as I like to say. Talking of pain house, I mean, how good was he yesterday? How good was Payne Haas? And um, oh, he's some prop. Well, we've always known he's got a really big motor, a really big motor, even when he was just coming onto the scene um, you know, through the Broncos' uh, youth system or lower grades when he was with the extended training before he'd made his NRL debut. He was, he was winning some of the, the distance stuff that they did, a front rower. Um, so we'll talk about that. Steve Renoff will be on the show a bit later on as well. Looking forward to talking to Pearl. And as I was just saying earlier, it's been a bit depressing the last few weeks talking to Stevie. He's a lovely fella. Um, and, you know, he's always, he's always looking on the bright side of things. Uh, but sadly for the Broncos and, and Queensland, there just has not been much for them to cheer about. What do you think, by the way, of the, uh, the two origin teams, New South Wales and Queensland? Queensland's uh, was, well, it's announced this morning, wasn't it, mm. basically? So they've made a few changes. Um, in terms of personnel, there's just three 
uh, three new faces coming in uh, and three going out uh, off the top of my head. So Kyle Felt, he's been given the boot. Andrew McCulloch, he's been uh, given the boot. Uh, who else are we talking about? Uh, Francis Molo. Mm. He's gone too. Uh, but the big, big in for Queensland, and yeah, there's no way New South Wales can can go into this game thinking it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be a lot tighter than games one and two is Kalen Ponger at the back. We've seen what Tommy Turbo's done since he returned from his hamstring injury. You remember he slipped over on the tiles in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen what he has done and how good he's been for Manly. I'm telling you now because I called the game at the weekend involving Kalen Ponger. Having him back in that Newcastle team, I am I am nailing I am nailing the Knights into the top eight, right? They are nailed into the top eight. Wow. You can take that to the bank. You can take Newcastle playing finals football to the bank. And you can even, I think, take them to the second week of the finals. I hope you're recording this. We'll play this back yeah. at the end of the season. I think in, in light of what, what we've seen today and over the weekend with the Dragons uh, fiasco, you can write them totally out of the eight. Okay, mm. draw a red V line uh, through them now. They won't be there. And that's a real shame for Dragons fans. And, and a shame for Anthony Griffin too. There's, there's been some good stuff we've seen. It hasn't been probably as consistent as they would like. But going into this weekend or now, as of right now, 21 minutes to 10 o'clock, they're seventh on the NRL ladder. But with all those players over the next two or three weeks missing, serving their suspensions, and you know, as well as the unwanted attention this brings the club on the club mm. and pressure that goes with that, I think... I think they'll be very, very lucky if they scrape into the eight after what we've learnt today. What do you think, Dragons fans? And I know I'm not your um, your favourite cup of tea, if that's the right saying. I think I might have mixed a couple of sayings up there because I, I tipped the Dragons for the wooden spoon. Do you remember that? Mm. Start of the season. Jeez, didn't win too many friends there. But I was just saying what I thought. Well, they have surprised me. But this um, – and Anthony Griffin, he's, he's a really good fella. Um, Maybe he's not the strictest disciplinarian. I don't know him well enough on that front in a coaching front. But I know he's really honest with his players. And he will be really, really disappointed. Really disappointed that they've been so dumb. And now they have, you know, not just the bigger picture, the damage that they have done to the game and potential damage to the game. When, keep in mind, Peter of Landy's and company, they're going cap in hand. They're on their knees begging sometimes to these government officials to bend the rules slightly or make some exemptions for us. When there's been plenty of times when I'm sure respective premiers have have felt like saying, you're no different to the rest. But they have bent the rules. They have enabled us to continue the game. But just what this has done to Dragons fans, you guys must be just, you must be seething about this because it really has thrown a spanner in the works, particularly um, with your quest to make the final and play finals football this year. I don't think you will anymore. Let me know. Uh, I might be I might be off the radar. Might be off the radar. Might not have my finger on the pulse. If I was a Dragons fan, I'd be bloody filthy. I really would. Um, I really would. Anyway, let me know what you think. If you are a Dragons fan, one 1170 That's the text line. Let's hear from uh, Andrew Abdo, the boss of the NRL. It's incredibly disappointing. Um, there are a lot of people working around the clock to keep the competition going. There are eight 
800, 900 players and officials in the bubble being incredibly disciplined. And uh, this is this has come at the worst possible time for us. And, uh, you know, people make mistakes, sure, but there's a lot at stake here. Um, we're going to work around the clock to complete the investigation, finalise it, and then um, we'll deal with the players. You know, this is quite significant, and so we're going to take it pretty seriously. And, uh, yeah, you can expect um, a significant sanction if the allegations are proven and uh, we'll do that relatively quickly. Well, there's Andrew Abdo, and you can you can hear in his voice um, the disappointment. Welcome, too, to our listeners on the Gold Coast through SEN 1620 up there, as well as uh, through the, the, the Harbour City. Um, those players, by the way, I, well, let's, uh, let's call them out here. I've printed them out somewhere, haven't I? I think I have. Uh, let me just find them. Uh, there is a list of uh, the Dragons players as well as uh, the fines that they were given. Here they are here, all right, and they've done it in alphabetical order. But the two biggest hits, um, as I said earlier, uh, you've got Paul Vaughan, $50,000, and you've also got Corey Norman, $50,000. So these fines, uh, they take into account past indiscretions. Now, Norman, we know he's got quite a few past indiscretions, mm. Corey, and uh, we know that Porn, uh, Paul... Paul Vaughan, rather, let's not mix that up, has also got past indiscretions. Um, most notably, he broke the bubble last year. Uh, so that comes into it, and uh, also what the players currently earn comes into it. Blake Laurie, 20,000. Corey Norman, as I said, 50. Danny Alvaro, 15K. Jack Bird, 25K. Josh Kerr, 18K. Josh Maguire, 12K. Cade Ellis, 5 Matt Dufty, 23 large, Vaughan, 50, Tyrell Fui-Mayono, 12, or Zach Lomax, 31 large, Jack DeBellin, 4-2, followed by three zeros. Uh, Jack, 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 Jack. There's one player you would have thought would be just doing his best to knuckle down, keep his nose clean, stay away from any unwanted headlines. My God, he's had enough, hasn't he? Clearly not. Clearly not. And Jared Beal. Two thousand dollars for Jared. So there's the uh, there's the players. Um, well, not the dirty dozen because there's thirteen of them. The dirty bakers dozen. Weekend at Vaughnies gone wrong. Mm. What cost? What cost? Stupidity. I mean, I thought after what we saw with the Bulldogs and with Josh Dugan, and the messages came loud and clear from ARL head office. Mm. You would have thought everyone would just really want to toe the line. No, all, all I'm hearing think, from you is a deep sigh. You would think, and just the the stories about trying to get away with it that came out, just quite extraordinary. Corey Norman apparently running off oh, when yeah. police turned up, but leaving his yeah. wallet on the barbecue. Yeah, and yeah. Jack DeBellin having been hidden upstairs, but telling the club. Did I see pictures of him coming out in his budgie somewhere? Right, telling the club that he'd been walking his dog in the area. In budgies. It's just extraordinary. <laughs> you oh, couldn't make this stuff up. Oh, you could not make this stuff up, how Mad Russian. Uh, the Dragons, they have issued a, a statement. Uh, they can confirm 13 players breached biosecurity protocols. Yep, well, we know that. Uh, and as I said, those 13 players have been given varying fines. Uh, I've just told you, all of them, uh, one match ban and uh, Paul Vaughan, eight Weeks on the sideline. Mm. I was listening to Joel and Fletch this afternoon, and I'm not across this story. Um, you might be across the story, Sam Cassiano in the Super League. 
do you want to go there or not? Well, well you can go there. It's so, we've uh, seen it in the NRL before. Who was it? Who was it? Former Parramatta player was it? Mm. The former Eels back rower was he? Um, who was it? That uh, he's been given an eight-week suspension for, I believe, um, putting his finger near um, the backside of another yes. player. Correct. Mm. Hopawade-esque. Hopawade-esque. So it's it's surfaced again. So he's been putting his finger there. And Vaughan also been given an eight-week ban for thumbing his nose at the authority. Uh, both eight-week bans. Mm. You don't want to go down this path. Well, Kenny Edwards. Kenny I'm Edwards, a, yeah. Ken, my so gone. Kenny Edwards has been given eight weeks for putting his finger somewhere it shouldn't go. And Paul Vaughan has been given eight weeks for thumbing his nose at the authorities. Yeah. Is that, that's about, that's about the sum of it, isn't it? Do you agree? Well, I, I think they're about equivalent. Would you say that? Oh, gee, how do we compare these two? Because they're very different, um, violations. They're very different, um, indiscretions. And that's not even an indiscretion, is it? Would you call that an indiscretion? If, if, if your finger ends up somewhere like that, is that an indiscretion? What is an indiscretion? You know, I don't think we can. I don't think we can dare compare uh, the eight-week band of Paul Vaughan and uh, that of um, Kenny Edwards. Anyway, look, uh, get involved with the program. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the open line number. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. And all those score blowouts too. We'll talk about that throughout the next couple of hours. Or you can you can get involved and tell us what you really think. I know Wayne Bennett's got his thoughts on that. Um, and uh, we'll be talking, as I said, I'll be talking uh, to Steve Renoff a little bit later on as well. So plenty to look forward to over the next couple of hours. We're here until midnight, so stay with us until then here on your late-night league lounge that is higher ground. Why don't we now look back on the weekend that was? Well, what better place to start a Monday night than with the weekend wrap? And another historic weekend it was in the NRL. A total difference of 214 points between the winners and the losers in round 16. An average winning margin of 26.75 points. Yes, 26 and three quarter points. Well, that story began to develop on Thursday night as the injury-ravaged Roosters took on the Melbourne Storm in a match move to Newcastle. It's 40-20 shot here from Cam Munster. This is going to be a big play. No, this is a kick for the Fox. The Fox is away. There's no one at home. Tedesco, he's got to pick it up. He does pick it up. They get him in the tackle. He gets it down. There's three defenders around him, but they can't stop the Fox. They won by 66 last time. He didn't get a try. He starts immediately with a try tonight. Left footer to it, and it spirals around and then bounces away. And Nico Hines, oh, now it's bounced up nicely for him. Into the backfield, looking for support. Goes to Josh Adokar. Dummy to Josh Adokar. Got away from Tedesco. Oh, magnificent. Nico Hines has cemented himself as a star of the NRL. Here's Hines running now. Olam, one-on-one, forward pass. Fox Fox has got it. He's got his third. Josh Adokar with his third hat-trick of the season. The Storm flying into Newcastle, racking up 46 unanswered points and flying home in the space of 12 hours, a result that had the competition reeling. 
Friday was the exception to the rule. Two gripping encounters beginning in front of an empty stadium in Gosford as the Warriors took on the Dragons. Egan's for dummy half finds Buttier at four and Buttier at four crashes over and the Warriors pick up their third try. It's under the six. So it's about to be 18 points to six. The Warriors over the Dragons. Maguire dummy half. He goes away to Hunt now. Hunt to the line. He finds Corey Norman. Norman out oh! the back to Willie Harvey. They've got and the numbers. Cody Ramsey with no seconds to go has scored and the, the try celebration. And the try celebration. 18 all. The Dragons and the Warriors. And now Corey Norman has a kick from the Eastern touchline to pitch the game from the Warriors. Here comes Corey He'll Norman. No paralysis by analysis. From the Eastern Touchline, he moves in Corey Norman. The kick oh, wants to come close. back. It hits the steelwork. No goal. They're a mile offside. Corey Norman hits He's it. Got it. He kicks it. He's won the game, Corey Norman. The Warriors losing the unlosable. Leading by 12 points with 11 minutes to play, they conceded three tries, including Cody Ramsey's effort right on full time to send the game to Golden Point. Corey Norman with the club's highlight on an otherwise dark weekend, kicking the winning field goal in the 88th minute of the game. Then it was the match of the round as the Penrith Panthers, minus Nathan Cleary, took on the in-form Eels. Coruscant, smart play. Look at Liam Martin running through there. He made about 15 or 16 metres. Now they'll go. Tackle four. Where's Burton? Burton to the left-hand side. This time, all the time in the world. He chips at it again. This time he gets it. Matty Burton's won the game for them. Matt Burton eventually moved to the halves and was eventually the hero, matching Norman's effort in the earlier game to give the Panthers a one-point win. Super Saturday became smash-up Saturday. The Sea Eagles getting the scoring started against the Bulldogs at Bankwest Stadium. Tommy Turbo shifted again. Olakawato here's Harper. Saab. Saab's in the clear. Saab's gone. Tommy's got three. Tommy's got three. Oh, Brooksy. Tommy's got three. Take him off, mate. Oh, no. Keep him on. He wants to score six. Here we go. Crossfield kick. Where's Saab? There's Saab. Oh, he's gone. He's out of the 40. Pass it to him. He doesn't need to. He runs around the fullback with Kochamani. The scoreboard attendant struggled to keep up as the visitors piled on 36 first-half points and another 30 for good measure in the second. That match only the beginning. Next, it was the Titans' turn in Canberra. Taylor's short pass. This is where he's so deadly, David Fafita, and somehow he gets there. How many times have we seen that this year? Close to the line, just give it to Fafita. He's Fogarty. Oh, dummies. Oh, my goodness. Jamal Fogarty strolls over. That is as easy as it gets. The Titans obliterating the Raiders. The Titans deciding the best way to hide their leaky defence was to attack, piling on 44 points to six and leaving the Raiders with plenty to ponder ahead of their matchup with Manly next Thursday night. The punishment for the losing sides continued on Saturday. The Knights finding their form with Kalen Ponga back in their side. Clifford can put up a monster. Here he is again. Not his biggest this time. Holmes is there. And Holmes has lost it. Young to Ponga. Welcome back, KP. Kalen Ponga. The beneficiary of a bomb not stopped by the Cowboys in a 4-0 scoreline. It has now Pierce on to Jacob Sayafidi. And the earth shakes in Newcastle.
Young's big legs are away. Here comes Pogba. Here comes Newcastle. They are back in business in this competition. On Sunday, the Sharks travelled to Brisbane, hoping to cement themselves in the top eight with a big win of their own. Pass tackle Brisbane. Drop. They're going to run it. Gamble. Now the kick off the legs. Ricochet. Herbie gets it away. And Alex Clemmer scores. Little bit of luck in it. Gamble's bottom of Magical. Stabs it. Support. Back to Tessie Young. That's a beautiful drive for the Broncos. Instead, it was the Broncos who managed to pick themselves up off the canvas. A week off doing the young side a world of good as they scored the upset of the weekend to lift themselves off the bottom of the ladder. Finally, the Rabbitohs made the short journey to Leichhardt Oval to take on the West Tigers side, who had conceded 66 points just two weeks ago against the Storm. Hooks it at the half, it comes to Reynolds. Reynolds out the back to Walker. Quick hands, Gagai Johnson down the touchline again. Kicks in field for Katie Walker. There's no one back there. Walker waits for the bounce. Walker gets the bounce and South has scored again. Cook gives it to Nichols. He's got Murray with him, doesn't use him. Takes the tackle of Little. He's only three away. Plays the ball back to Cook. Now Murray through the hands to Walker. Kicking off the foot of Leciano Leilua into the hands of Alex Johnson. It was a dream bounce for the South Winger and the Rabbitohs are in again. When luck's going against you, it's going against you. 26 points in the first half ended the contest, but the Tigers at least kept the score respectable, winning the second half but losing the match, a final score of 38-22. to And that is the weekend wrap. Well, it's time to get a man on with us uh, who has certainly got his finger on the pulse and, uh, well, hasn't there been some news about today and, and this afternoon? Let's start uh, with the Dragons. And I'm talking to Scott Bailey of uh, Australian Associated Press. Uh, Scotty, thanks for joining us, mate. Um, I was going to describe you as a highly regarded sports journo. That is the truth. Uh, but I just point out that you do actually work for AAP, and I won't, uh, <laughs> I won't ask you to describe actually what the AAP is for. Um, but to say you've got the finger on the pulse is certainly correct. Yes, uh, AAP's everywhere. That's all people need to know. Uh, basically, when you read something that doesn't have a name to it, it's usually AAP's story. But anyway, that's um, you. That is you. Highly regarded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know about highly regarded, but we'll go with it. <laughs> of course you are. Well, can you believe it, mate? I mean, everyone's just shaking their heads. We, we, we saw what happened with, with Canterbury. We saw what's happened with Josh Dugan. Um, the Dragons, they seem to have given themselves their own special exemption. So 12 players uh, have been hit with a one-match ban and fines. Paul Vaughan, uh, the host of the party, has copped eight matches. Now, this is his second breach of a COVID bubble. Um, are there going to be further ramifications for Paul Vaughan? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there is. Uh, the Dragons have a board meeting tomorrow in the middle of the day. Uh, CEO uh, Ryan Webb was really, really strong tonight in his statement. Um, you know, he's refused to rule out further sanctions for these players. You'd think Paul Vaughan would be one of the players they're looking at as far as potential sanctions, or further sanctions go from the club. Um, you know, like you say, this is the second time he's done it. He hosted the party. You know, there were already some murmurs before this that potentially, you know, he might not be there beyond the end of next year, which is when his contract expires. So, yeah, look, oh, I don't know that, I want, that I'd want to be Paul Vaughan right now. Let's put it that way. Any chance they'll tear his contract up? I don't think it's entirely out of the question. You know, you've got to think that, like, they're, 
this is a breach. There's, there's no questioning that. And at the moment, they're meant to pay for the next, you know, eight weeks. Are they getting value for that? That's, that's a question you've got to ask. Um, he, he's probably, he's had some good weeks on the field recently. I, I thought, I think his last few games have been quite good. But, you know, if we're, if we're being honest, when it comes to behavioural matters, it shouldn't matter what's happening on the field. It should be about what's happened off the field. And him hosting this party has the potential to... Well, it has it will derail their season. I think you know, it would be shocked if it doesn't derail their season. It has the potential to ruin their season. So it's not out of the question that he may have played his last game for the Dragons. Whether that comes to fruition tomorrow, I don't. You know, we certainly uh, the Dragons have been reasonably tight-lipped on what's going to happen. So it's hard to know exactly whether it could whether that could be the end of him. But it's yeah, like I said, I wouldn't want to be him tomorrow. Let's put it that way. Was that board meeting? Is it is it uh, just being called, or was that always going to happen tomorrow? I believe it was always going to happen tomorrow. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, this will certainly be top of the agenda. Um, this will certainly be top of the agenda now. Let me ask and, you and this, Scott. Let, let, let me ask this, Scott. If you don't, sorry, mate. Sorry, hmm. jump, jumping on top of you. Um, yeah. He misses eight games. Now, let's let's say Paul Vaughan is on, oh, I don't know, 450, let's, let's just pick a figure. Let's say 450 mm-hmm. is on, right? And I don't know what he's on. Yep. He's missing more eight. than that, but yeah. Okay, well, let's go with 450, right? That's easy for me yep. to do my maths. He's missing eight games, so he's missing <laughs> he's missing a third of the season. What happens to the club? Can, can they not deduct a third of his salary for if for an off-field indiscretion like this? And and furthermore, would it not be an idea for then that one hundred and fifty thousand, if they were to take a third of his salary out, that would come off the salary cap as well? Do you know what happens with long-term breaches for off-field matters? Yeah, they they wouldn't be able to get salary cap dispensation for it unless they were to tear up his contract. Mm-hmm. If if they tore up his contract. Um, they would be able to claim how many months where are we were in July. Mm-hmm. So there's four months, let's say, in the year less. So yeah, actually, precisely, it would be one third of his contract they would be able to get back on the salary cap because um, they'd be able to tear it up for a breach of contract. Right. Um, but in terms of a suspension, they, you can't claim that money back against the salary cap. What so he still, gets, he still gets full whack in his pay packet each month, does he? Even though he won't be doing anything yeah. for eight weeks. Unless... Unless they decide to fine him, you know, X amount of dollars that would, you know, I guess make up. To, if they find him, you know, for argument, mm-hmm. take a third of his salary, which which I don't think they will. But if they did, that would be one way to stop um, him getting paid the whole time. But what would happen is um, that would still, his salary would still go against the salary cap. And, and as it stands, they, they wouldn't be able to find him that much because that would be, um, I, I dare say they'd run into some problems with the players union on that because that would be well beyond a... A maximum fine, yeah. but what is any other question? Like I say, is tearing out his tearing up his contract, and you get that money back. Well, I, I think if if he was given the decision, righto, Paul, we're going to tear up your contract, or how about we do this? We're going to deduct the pro rata eight games you're missing from your contract, so we're going to take uh, two hundred thousand dollars off you, Paul, but we won't tear your contract up. How do you feel about that? I reckon he'd say, yeah, well, please do that. I mean, you got to think. Forget the players' association for for a moment. What about the what about the <laughs> club? Um, what about you? Let, let's say uh, you suddenly tell AAP, fellas, um, I've been busted uh, doing something I shouldn't have done or, or whatever. I can't write for you for eight weeks, but I want you to pay me full whack for eight weeks. Is that okay? Yeah, I don't know. I'd go down real well with the bosses. No, I don't, don't think <laughs> that would no, you, You're spot on. No, no, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. For it's worth. I, I think you're spot on, but uh, what I don't think... I, I don't know that they would be able to find him that much. I, I just think mm. that that would... Um, well, I don't know either. I don't know either. And I'm just throwing yeah, this I, out there. Look, if Paul I mean, Vaughan breaks the, his leg in the, in the act of duty, 
um, you know, um, fine. That's part of the parcel of the game. You, you, of course, you earn your full pay packet. If if Paul Vaughan, uh, even if Paul Vaughan was was suspended for a coat hanger tackle for eight weeks, look, you're doing it while doing your job. Okay, I can cop that. Uh, you still get paid. But for an off-field issue that's got nothing to do with the club and nothing to do with your job description, I I, I think I think the club is entitled to pro rata deduct. That's just my opinion well, and throwing it out there. Well, going back to going back to, I mean, the, the only time we've really seen a suspension this long for an off, well, we have, I mean, for an off-field incident of this kind, not not going to the no-fault stand-down policy, but it is say Mitchell Pearce in 2016, the Australia Day incident, and his, I mean, the, the NRL finding was 125 from memory. The yeah, uh, NRL finding 125,000. Yeah, but that didn't obviously that money didn't go back to the Roosters, and and Pierce was still paid his salary by the Roosters while missing a third of that season, and that came off their salary cap, obviously. So, you know, uh, yeah, it would it would be a lot for the club to to find him mm. this full amount. But what, yeah, like I said, the the way around that would be to say, well, if we tear up your contract, we're not paying you, and therefore mm. it doesn't go against the salary mm. cap. Oh well, they can have but, those yeah, conversations. I think it's going to be more than just Vaughan they look at tomorrow because it's not as if he's the only person who, particularly if they find that players have misled them, which it would appear that is potentially the case um, in regards to them and the NRL and the police not finding out about Jack DeBellin's, um attendance until, or either late last night or this morning. Um, you know, So I, I think there might be more than just Paul Vaughan who's in trouble from the Dragons tomorrow. Weekend at Vaughnies gone wrong, eh? Hey, listen. You'd actually see a movie post that was set up like that. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, From the making of food. No, put your... You're not a Hollywood director, right, Scott? Put put those thoughts away. (laughs) Uh, They need to field a team, not this weekend. They've got the buyer. They've got to field a team against Manly in round 18. Um, (laughs) So they're going to struggle, aren't they? But they have got, I think, what, three weeks to sort of uh, serve all these suspensions. Yeah, four weeks. So they've got, they have between two to four weeks. So minimum of two weeks, maximum four weeks of serve these suspensions. Look, even if they'd banned them all at once, they still would have been able to field a team. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't have been a great team, but... Would they have enough in they, the bubble? They still would have... Um, they, they could have done it from inside the bubble. It just mm. They would have just managed from what I can make out. But, you know, it would have had, say, uh, Ben Hunt and Tarek Sims backing up two days after Origin. Oh, and against um, a team that's just posted 66 on another mob. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> also COVID ruined, yes. Um, and uh, they'd still have Andrew McCulloch. They'd still have um, Tyrell Sloan, the young fullback, Cody Ramsey, the winger. They, they would have been able to field a team, but it would have been... Uh, their, their bench depth would have been pretty poor. And I think in a, in a nutshell, it's, it's, a, it, it's a bloody big weight to hang around uh, the Dragons' neck and then the coach's neck, what, what these guys have done now. It's going, to be, mm. it's going to be a real difficult couple of months, and I think it's going to cost them finals football. Yeah, have you spoken to Clint Newton, the, uh, the boss of Rugby League Players Association, today? Yeah, yeah he came out today pretty critical of them, actually. Um, I think it was actually a good move by the Players Association to do that because obviously they've they've certainly had some issues with the NRL over the past couple of months and this was um, I guess in a lot of ways uh, it's an embarrassment for the players what's happened and it doesn't do their you know do their position much good in terms of the wider playing group so now Clint came out today uh, said it didn't meet their expectations given what's at stake in terms of the game stressed that the majority of players have done the right thing that. You know, essentially said this made that made 
you know, this incident even more disappointing. Um, you know, and the Players Association certainly weren't shying away from um, what the group had done and sort of the, the error they'd made. How can you? All right, uh, well, there's other news out this afternoon or this evening too. Two Roosters players are also in self-isolation, rather, uh, Fletcher Baker and Brad Abbey, but uh, they're unlucky rather than being uh, stupid. So nothing wrong that they have done. Turning uh, attention to a story of yours that has captured the, the thoughts of Wayne Bennett. Now, he's taken aim at clubs and players rather than the uh, the new rules for all the score blowouts that we're seeing uh, in the in recent weeks. You've written the story. Um, do you agree with, with Wayne's train of thought? I think there's merit in what he's saying. I think there's merit in, what, in people claiming that it's the rules. I think there's merit in Peter Volandi's argument that the struggling teams just have to catch up. I think you know, it's, it's a whole multitude of things, what, what, you know, what we're seeing at the moment. But I guess what you can't deny is it's, it's not making for great footies. It's not the weekend was the most lopsided in 20 years since round 18, 2001. Um, average margin of almost 27 points per game. So it's, it's not making for good footy. But yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that you look at the clubs down the bottom of the ladder. Um, you know, the, the Bulldogs would have lost by 50 regardless on on Saturday, regardless of what rules we're playing under. Um, some of the performances the Broncos have put in this year, I don't know that you can blame the rules for those. Likewise, the Tigers' defence, yeah, I, I don't think you can... The, the, if anything, the rules are, are meaning that, that games that used to be decided by, you know, 24, 30 points are being decided by 40 points, 50 points now, I think. That's that's mm. sort of my take on it. So everyone's to blame, really. Well, I guess, yeah. And it also depends. Do you prefer what you saw a couple of years ago with all the wrestle tactics or do you prefer this opened, expansive, high-point-scoring uh, new game of, of rugby league? And I guess that's uh, we've, we've all got different... Thoughts on that? We'll move along. Mitch Moses, he finally gets his shot in Sky Blue. He does, he does. And it's, it's a nice story, actually. Freddie, uh, Brad Fittler made the point today of saying that, um, you know, he, he doesn't know if he would be the New South Wales coach if not for what Mitch Moses did for the Lebanon side when he was playing under Fittler at the 2017 World Cup. So I think if you, if you go back to then, um, you know, Moses won them a game against France. It was the first time they'd won a match in a World Cup. And, mm. And they almost beat Tonga in the quarter in the quarterfinals, which is yeah easily forgotten actually. But and then the following year, I think I think Moses may have even been you know Freddie's first pick at the start of the season to be the New South Wales number seven. And Parramatta's form dipped off, and they end up going with Nathan Cleary, who came back from an injury. So um, you know in in the end, he didn't get there. But I think if you compare Mitch Moses back then to the player he's now, he's a far more patient player. Um, uh, I don't know, tell me what you think, but I, I just think that he doesn't he doesn't seem to, uh, you know, if he makes an error, he's not trying to make up for it immediately. He's not chancing his hand as much. as He's a much better mm. game manager than what he was three yeah. years ago, in my opinion. He appears to be thinking about his game a bit more, I think, now, and a bit more matured and, and measured. Um, mm. And I do love the way, you know, he's straightening up the attack, you know, very much like a Nathan Cleary does as well. Um, yeah. Anyway, wait and see. Look, oh, good luck to him. Good luck to him. It, it, I would have gone the other way, but I'm not Freddie. Um, I, I would have probably gone Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds myself, but, you know, um, I guess they're looking to the future, not not now necessarily. Yeah, I, I was probably leaning that way as well, but the point Freddie made today was he thought if you brought Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker in, mm. you'd, you'd have to change the blue style of play to be like South Sydney's, whereas Mitch Moses probably is a bit more similar to what 
the way they're playing at the moment and the way Penrith play. Um, and Jack Wyden's already trained as part of that system as a 5'8", while, yeah. while being no, in utility. So I, I could see that probably swung me around it, mm. I guess, understanding Freddie's point of view, because I probably had the same opinion yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, still a two-horse race, this NRL Premiership? Yeah, yeah. But I think... I, I wouldn't discount mm, Manly on, yet. Hang on. You, you wanna, you're saying it's a three- or a four-horse race now, after what you've seen over the weekend. Yeah, not just the weekend. What I've seen over the past month or so from Manly, I just think if, if Tom keeps playing the way he's playing, if. we're seeing... Yeah, that's a, well, if mm. he stays fit, that's probably the it, right? Yes, yes. But for mine, this is this is the best run we've seen from... A, I, I think this is better than Hano 9, which I know Hano 9 was mm. spectacular, and there's reasons not to talk about that, but, you know, Barber 2012... What are we going to call Jeffco, this, then? What are we going to call this? Turbo, Turbo 21? Turbo 21, maybe that's it. has got a ring it. to it, hasn't it? It has, Turbo 21. Maybe this is what we'll talk about in 10 years' time. Hashtag but, Turbo 21, yeah. Yeah, I just think if he if he keeps doing what he's doing, then they, you know, mm. are they good enough to beat Melbourne and Penrith in successive weeks? Probably not, but I, I wouldn't count them out of it just I yet. I don't know. Well, mate, I'm and, with you. I'm with you. It'd be a wonderful story, wouldn't it? It would be a wonderful, yeah. wonderful story. Mate, thanks for jumping on, Scotty. We're running short on time. Uh, Scotty Bailey from Australian Associated Press. Um, Always good to have a chat, mate, and and pick your brain. My pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Have a great night. You too. There he is, Scott Bailey from AAP, and uh, he knows a lot about uh, a lot of sports, uh, particularly rugby league. You, if you've been listening to this show for a while, so we're on Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights, late night, uh, you will know we do have a rule. It's the Four Pines six-pack rule. So basically, if you've had uh, more than a six-pack, we encourage you strongly to use the text line. If you've had less than six shandies, six sherbets, uh, feel free. Jump on the Al Capone. Get off your pain house and give us an SG ball, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Is that is that growing tight on you, getting off our pain house? Well, I listen to every minute of... You know, well, every second of this show. Yeah, sure. So it sure. probably does wear on me a bit. Does it? But well, bad luck. I'm going to keep using it until this program <laughs> ends. Don't, so that's they're okay. all right. No, they're yeah, good. Exactly. So the six pack, the four pine six pack rule. If you've had six sherbets or more, please text. If you've had under six sherbets, we'll take your call on the open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Can be about anything. Now, listen. Later on in the show, too, before midnight, we've got to give out. Our Rocket Man Award, our three, two, and one for the three best efforts over the weekend. So um, send those texts through, please. Send your nominations through. Who was the best player to get three points, two points, and one point, okay? Right across all eight games from the weekend. And we'll also uh, be giving out the, well, it's the Rocket Man Tri Celebration Edition. Mm. And well done to Sportsbet, it was, wasn't it? Mm. $65,000 they raised for Mossy Masoy Foundation going through the Men of League. Um, for all the NRL players. And well done, fellas, too, uh, for those tri-celebrations. I thought there might have been more. Uh, there were a few good little ones. No real team, massive team celebrations, a la, mm. like, uh, 2000, when was it? When was Fletcher's? The hand grenade, whenever that was, yeah. And then there was the, the bowling pins, wasn't mm. there? None of those, but there were some good ones, and we'll go through that later on as well. And you might think at home, uh, text through what you thought was your favourite tri-celebration from the weekend, and that money going... Uh, through the Men of League Foundation, uh, to Mossy Masoy. Uh, Wood Duck of the Week, that's another one we give out each and every week. It's not really the awards you want to take home and show mum and dad, but 
we give it out anyway. And there are, well, there are a few nominations this week. It's probably, there's three that I'm thinking of. Um, we will sleep. Basically, play that again. We will sleep. Yep. So basically, if you are new to the program, um, on a Monday night, we give the Wood Duck of the Week award out. Yeah, someone that's done something uh, none too flattering. Can be an official, can be a player, can be a spectator, can be me. I've won it, so don't worry about it. And you have to wear, so I had to wear that mask, that hideous looking uh, Daffy Duck mask. And I wore it one night for the whole show. And uh, we send it off to the club. They give it to the player. They return it to us, and they've got a right of reply. If they want to give us a call and talk through why they shouldn't have got it, we're, we're happy to take their call. But uh, so far, none have bothered to get in touch with us. Uh, I gave it to a couple of officials too. Uh, who else? Um, who's uh, Henry Perinara? Henry Perinara got it. Well, it forced him into retirement. The um, the humiliation, the shame of being winning the Wood Duck of the Week almost sent Henry Perinara into an early retirement. He tried to mask it as it was, you know, something to health problems and that. But I spoke to Henry. He said it was humility associated with this award. So we are going to give it out. Nominees for the Wood Duck of the Week Award are. See, this is if I was paneling, there's probably a drum roll button there, isn't there? Is there a little drum roll button there? We do. Nominee A is Chad Townsend. So Chad uh, went for a drop goal in the game at his new club, the Warriors against the Dragons, uh, when his team was leading by eight. Uh, they went on to lose the game. Mm. So Chad, you're in there. Definitely in there. Drum roll, please. Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds. Uh, he's gone the high, he's gone the the early crow. Um, he's done the try celebration when he scored at Leichhardt yesterday. Unfortunately, uh, it wasn't a try. Three tries. Is there another one coming? They've got stacks in. Now, oh, Reynolds has gone. Adam Reynolds wasn't even touched. Then, not one person laid a finger on him. Adam Reynolds is. This is. He's put his foot on the dead ball he line. Hasn't, has he? Yeah, he has. How big do you those feet are? A bit like that size eight, size nine. Yes, Adam's doing the, uh, he's doing the surfing. Uh, he's got up the surfing try celebration at a Waikiki, Hawaii. He's getting in pipeline, Banzai pipeline. And he's looking good too on that board, that board. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got the goofy foot going. Unfortunately, now is not the time to celebrate, Adam. No try. Ba-bow. And uh, also in the nominations for Wood Duck of the Week. And to get to your point about how embarrassing and humiliating this is for the club, Paul Vaughan was fined 50 grand, eight weeks for withholding information. There's been a, an attempted cover-up here by the players. They've been outed on it. But the players got to the point where when the police arrived, Jack DeBellin was hiding under a bed. Are you serious? Yes, yes. Serious. So... <laughs> to try and make out as if they did initially that they cooperated and all the rest of it, and we know of like shooting out side doors and running down the streets, but yeah, look, Candy, I had heard that a couple of players hid in cupboards. <laughs> oh, oh, look, we shouldn't we shouldn't be laughing, but oh. that was Buzz Rothfield and Paul Kent tonight, wasn't it? On three mm. NRL three sixty. Um, Oh, look, there's a few lines there that we shouldn't really, we shouldn't go to. Uh, this isn't the program. I, I'm, I'm sure a Kyle and a Jackie O could probably have a bit of fun 
with this. Like you could say, if uh, player X was to be found in uh, a bedroom, in a in a room, in a house, I mean, would it be box A, B, or C? You could go along that sort of thing. Mm. But it's just, uh, it's just, it's just, it's laughable. Couldn't write it. You couldn't write it. It's just a shame, isn't it? Anyway, look, look, they look. I think collectively they've all got to get the Wood Duck of the Week award. Pull your bloody heads in, Dragons. Come on. You're better than that. You're smarter than that, aren't you? Um, so, yeah, Wood Duck of the Week. Um, not the guy hiding in the cupboard. Not the guy hiding under the bed. Not the guy running down the road. It's to you, Paul Vaughan, for Weekend at Vaughnies. Minutes to 11 o'clock with Elton playing Rocket Man. Good tune, like it. This is probably one of my favourite parts of the show, actually. Rocket Man, because I love, I love Elton. Um, and before, well, before we go into Rocket Man, so we're giving awards away for good awards now. We, we've done the Wood Duck of the Week. And by the way, thank you to those uh, sending those texts through as well. Uh, Darren sent us a text. Uh, uh, g'day, Chris. Uh, Wood Duck of the Week, Adam Reynolds, yeah, for putting his foot on the dead ball line and uh, then celebrating as if he'd scored. Thanks, Darren. Uh, he was in the nominees. Adam Reynolds mm. was certainly in the nominees. And uh, you've also got your Rocket Man points here, Darren. Thank you for that. Uh, he's got Katoni Staggs, one point. Kalen Ponga, two points. And Nico Hines, three points. Thank you. That all goes into the mix. And uh, we're going to do Rocket Man in a mo um, to Elton's origin, obviously, over there in the UK. Let's go around the grounds to Wimbledon, shall we? It's four apiece, four games all in the first set of the round of 16. The winner of this goes into the quarterfinals, Ash Barty and uh, Barbora Krajikova, Barbora Krajikova of Russian, I believe she is. Would she be Russian? Sounds Russian. So you could say Krajikova, but that would be wrong because you're Russian. That's right. And you would know. Yes. So, so we, it's, it should be Sharapova, Maria. Yeah, correct. So we have a tendency to mm. emphasize the vowel in mm. England because that's what we do. We emphasize oh the vowel, but in Oi. most Eastern European Aye. um Dialects, you, you just run through the word. Don't, don't stop and emphasise. Cookie. Yeah, bit of, <laughs> bit of, bit of late, light, late night linguistics. Late night linguistics in the late night league lounge with the mad Russian and me, Chris Warren. Round the grounds we go. For all, first set, Ash Barty and Barbora Krajikova. Uh, Rocketman, right, so this is the way it works. Uh, Elton will be coming in. I still understand uh, we're being led to believe that Elton John will be here to present the ward the award at the end of the season. It's our equivalent to the Dally M's, mm. but obviously on a on a higher plane. It's up here on the higher ground. And uh, Elton John with Rocket Man Award points. So each week we give a three, two, and one. And our listeners uh, very much uh, have input into these uh, these rankings as well. I don't know if the Mad Russian is on the ball and has his updated league ladder, the Rocket Man uh, current standings. Mm. And uh, Tommy Turbo, all I know is he's way out in front. Well, so couple of weeks ago when I was away and ads did it. I didn't know you'd given it to him then too. So I added that on. So now he's, oh. he's up to 14. He's eight clear of Nathan Cleary who moved into 
second place with his two points. Eight points in clear the last of round. second. And Cody Walker got one. That was his first point. And he missed half a dozen games or whatever. Yeah. And, and he's, he's eight points clear. He's flying, flying away. Sam Walker and James Tedesco. He's on a different planet. See what I'm saying? He's on yeah. a different planet. Mm. We're running out of words to describe what this, this young fella's doing, well, Tommy Turbo. It's becoming the Tom Trebojevic appreciation uh, segment for Rocket Man a little bit, isn't it? Well, well and we, he is the Rocket Man, so it's fair enough. He's a Rocket. We heard before. Um, who did I just have? Scotty Bailey. Mm. So he was, you know, hey no nine. What he did with Parramatta, blah blah blah. You know, one player dragging a mm. team uh, to that to that last hurdle almost. Mm. Hashtag Turbo Twenty One. Well, the comparison uh, Joel Kane and Brian Fletcher keep making is mm. between this Manly team and the West Tigers team led mm. by Benji Marshall in 2005. Benji 05. Hashtag Benji 05. Hashtag Turbo 21. Turbo 21. Mm. Uh, let's get into it then, shall we? And thanks to all of you uh, who have sent the nominations uh, through. Uh, I do appreciate that. Uh, look, we've got a stack of them. Um, Cody Walker was brilliant for South yesterday. He's in the mix, definitely. Payne Haas was brilliant again, wasn't he, for Brisbane yesterday. Appy Coruscant, huge for Penrith, and he's earning himself a start now in Origin 3 for New South Wales. Benny Hunt was very good for the Dragons in their one-point win over the Warriors, who just threw that match away. Uh, Dale Finucane, I thought, was brilliant for Melbourne Storm. Uh, he, too, is now um, in the Blues 17 for Origin 3. Uh, Kalen Ponga, brilliant. Mm. What a difference one man can make. Uh, what he did for Newcastle against the Cowboys, superb. Mm. And uh, in the same vein, Tommy Turbo, talking of what one man can do, what he did for Manly against Bulldogs was on another level again. Uh, a bloke by the name of Ruben Garrick scored 30 points, and he doesn't register in Rocket Man this week. It's a shame, isn't it? But he may not walk away empty-handed, Ruben Garrick, so stay tuned. There could be something coming his way from here, the office, from uh, the higher ground office. So uh, let's get the drum rolling. One point, Rocket Man goes to... Dale Finucane gets one point. Two points, Rocket Man goes to... Not you for being slow on the button there. Two points goes to Kalen Ponga. And three points goes to... He's got one hand on Elton's balls. Well, I should point out what I'm saying here. The winner of the rock... That is... No, I'm saying... That is a triple line. Dreadful, the, uh, dreadful no, life. no, the win the Rocket Man Award. You know what the what the prize is, yes, right? Well, I what do. is it? It's a bronze statue yeah. of Elton holding his two boys, two different, students. Different type of the winner late of night radio that the winner of Rocket Man gets. Well, I'm saying the winner of Rocket Man. The trophy is mm. a trophy of a bronze statue of Elton John miniature yeah. holding two students. Yeah, right. So I'm saying this week's winner is now got a an eleven point break mm. on second. Tommy Trebojevic is this week's winner of all three points in Rocket Man. So what I'm saying to you, and I don't mean to be crude, he has got one hand on on Elton, on the trophy. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Different type of late night radio. No, it's you. You get your mind out of the gutter. 
My fault. Yeah, absolutely. Apologize you bad. to the listeners. Absolutely. You bad. Round the grounds we go to Elton's homeland. Uh, Wimbledon. I, do you know what? Do you know what? Now, this is right. You don't know this. That is where Elton's from. In that area of London, That's southwest right. London. It's either Wimbledon or nearby mm. Kingston. Do you know why? You don't know why. No, I don't. My ex-wife, her mother, went to school with him. There you go. And that's where they live. There you go. Incredible. Well, I know. Not a bad place to grow up, is it? No, it's a nice part of the world uh, for a, a month or two of the year. Ash Barty 5. Uh, how do you pronounce it again? Krajikova. You're good. Barbora Krajikova. Russian. 5-4. Barty up. Going on serve. Barty uh, was broken earlier, but she's pegged one back. So we'll keep you across that. Now, listen, we're here until about midnight. It's uh, 12 minutes to 11. You're listening to the Late Night League Lounge here on Higher Ground. Keep those texts coming through. If you're if you're up late, you might be a shift worker. I guess we can be described as shift workers too, really. If we're, we're here in the Higher Ground studio until midnight. That's almost shift work, isn't it? We're not nine to fivers, that is for sure. Me and the Would Mad Russians. call this work? <laughs> Well, sometimes it can get rather um, tiresome. Slow news weeks, maybe, but not because so not much to talk about tonight. There's loads to talk about. Um, all the dragon stuff. I mean, obviously that that is dominating headlines tonight. What about Mitch Moses? I mean, we can, we haven't spoken about that. Um, Wayne Bennett also. He's he's had his uh, say on uh, different things to talk about in terms of um, all the score blowouts and Joey Johns. Um, Look, I, I think I think the game has sort of ushered in so many mm. rules so quickly, and no one really stood back and thought, you know, what what impact is this going to have on the mm. game? It was very much a well, let's let's start this out, let's wait and see. Uh, when they ushered in about nine new rules, the, the the big one, of course, is the is the tap restart, the set restart rule. Mm. So we're not seeing the wrestling anymore. Are you enjoying? Okay, let me put this to you. And I heard Michael Ennis raise this um, yesterday. I think it was. Would you prefer to see what you saw two years ago with, with the wrestling being such a dominant part of the game and probably more contests and, and not so many blowouts and momentum shifts? Or would you prefer to see the, the blowouts and, and you know these tries being run in one after another? You know, uh, which would you prefer? Was the game so badly broken that it needed all these changes? I don't know. But at the end result, the game has changed. The game that I, I loved, I still do love it. Of course I love it. Mm. Um, but it has changed. It has changed. No one can argue that it hasn't. I haven't heard what Andrew Johns has had to say, so if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind listening to what Joey had to say on nine. You know, the difference between the top and the bottom and not even that, sometimes some games, we're seeing massive blowouts. Uh, I'd like to see at the end of the year a think tank where we get people together from the game you know, people within the, within the media, the coaches, some senior players, and we talk about the direction of the game, where we want the game, what do we want the game to look like. Because at the moment, I think we're making things up on, on the go. And mm. there's some games where you look and it, it's like touch footy. Like that game tonight, the second half, and that, you know, both teams were in second gear. Uh, I know there's no crowds and, you know, the result was pretty much... Um, decided at half-time, but I, I think we need to get together and, and work out what we want the game to look like, how do we think the game should be officiated and go forward from there? Because at the moment, I think it's pretty wishy-washy. Yeah, well, I'd agree with that. Uh, I mean, I'm not one for too many committees and um, committee meetings and all that sort of stuff, but get some of the smartest brains together. And they've done well, They've done this many, many times before. They've got, 
they've got a committee. What's it called? The, um, I don't know, Lockyer was on it, Bennett was on it. There were a few of them. Um, and they were consulted, I think, about these sort of rules. Mm. I forget what that committee is called, but they are a sounding board before decisions are made, or at least they have been. Um, yeah, but Joey's got a point there. I don't think we should sit around a round table for too long, and I don't think the game needs to be changed too much. I didn't have that much of a problem with it, to be honest with you. Re the head knocks, that's a different discussion. We're all across that. That's a different discussion for a different day. This is not about the concussion and the high tackles and, and the crackdown on that. This, I think, is uh, is more about the rule changes and, and do we want it going the way of touch football. But Joey's right. We need to have a long think about what the game, what what, mm. what we want it to look like down the track. And maybe that those discussions weren't had before the button was pushed to implement all these rule changes so quickly, so many. Mm. Uh, and when, you know, the eighth immortal talks, you've you got to listen, haven't you? Mm. Um, brother Matthew, brother Matthew. So a lot of us are saying that the ball, the blowouts are because of the rule changes. What does brother Matthew have to say? At the moment, we're looking toward the game to fix it. Okay, I get that to a certain extent. Over the course of the weekend, I used the Tigers in the first half or in the first 30 minutes. They went out there with no attitude to defend. I played alongside guys who could barely catch a ball, and if it wasn't for the fact that they could make 50 tackles and only miss one or two, they wouldn't have been in first grade. But they had an attitude to defend. They defended with enthusiasm. That's, And, and the thing about it is defence defense is not fun, right? You, you get paid to defend. Attacking's fun. When you've got the ball in your hands, that's easy. Defending's a tough part of the job, but you've got to find the discipline to do it. I just looked over the course of the weekend, and there were some sides who went out there that didn't display any enthusiasm to defend at all. So I think some of these sides have got to meet the game halfway. Yep, so there's Matty. Then you've heard Joey Johns as well. Um, we'll hear from Wayne Bennett in a moment too, uh, the super coach, the master coach. Uh, but you know, the, the gap, there is no getting away from the fact that the gap between the good teams and the lesser teams is getting bigger. Mm. It's getting bigger. They're doing it better. The good teams are doing it better. Melbourne and Penrith are doing it better than the rest of them. Um, the Roosters, and I'd put them in that category as well, but they've had, you know, they've just been demolished, decimated through injury mm. and retirements, etc. The good clubs are, are getting better and the not so good. Well, we're seeing it on the scoreboard. So I think it's a bit of that. That's a bit of roster management. Well, probably a lot of roster management. But it's just all exacerbated, if that's the right word, with um, magnified, exacerbated, magnified by the rule changes. Mm. Now, when a good team gets on a roll, they get even better. Mm. You know? So 26 points is now turning into 42 points pretty quickly. And the good teams are doing it better. So I, I think it's it's a bit of everything. Wayne Bennett. Now, he spoke he spoke after yesterday's um, win against West Tigers. And let's be honest, I forget what the score was. But it was a thumping, although the Tigers came back. Um, I didn't really understand exactly what Wayne meant. But you have a listen to your listeners at home. And, and you let me know what, what you think Wayne is inferring by his comments. You keep blaming the players. I'm going to tell you, not, not one of you guys in this room go to, go to a toxic environment to work, do your best work. Okay? You're professional men in, in your roles as journalists. It doesn't happen for you. It's no different in the football team. It's no different. But, you know, it's the easy blame is to put the blame on the player because he's not playing well. Or the club, the team's not playing well. You've got to look deeper than that, guys, because that's where the problem is. It's not the rules. 
It's not the rules. So a super coach, master coach is saying it's not the rules. So he's saying you've got to look at the administration. Don't blame the players. It's not the rules that are responsible for these score blowouts. So what's he mean? What's he, is he saying that some clubs are mismanaged, is he? I, and others are doing it well. Is that what he's saying? Two points you take out of that. And what's what, this toxic environment? Well, so, what's he talking about? So the first bit, the toxic environment, is Wayne's coaching philosophy summed up, is trying to avoid that, is putting players in a position where they are going to succeed. It's what he built the dynasty at the Broncos on. It's you say dynasty, he, I say dynasty. Yeah. It's how he's tried to turn around the Rabbitohs and has been successful. It's the same way he was successful with a Maroons team that were nowhere near no, I get the that. level of the Blues. I, I get that. If right, a club, uh, winning starts in the front office, right? The, the club's got to be so successful in all departments, the, the business. The second part of that, I get that is that Wayne, I think, and I think a lot of supporters say this as well, that there are a lot of badly run clubs. Mm. I would say, I would go as far as to say that okay. they're more than half the competition, if you put them in a normal business environment, would you could classify them as underperforming. That's more than half the co- – there, there are going to be two sides that make the eight this year who most other seasons wouldn't even be close. Yeah, no, I get that. I get what Wayne is saying, that the winning starts in the front office, and Jack Gibson used to say that as well, a well-run club, a well-managed club, all the departments have to be successful, and that filters down to the football team. I, I get all that. Okay, so what he's saying is there are quite a few clubs that are poorly managed. Now, Wayne comes from a position of experience. He's entitled to his opinion, and he's, he's, he's well-versed in rugby league management and the whole culture of things. Um, I've, I've done a lot of work with rugby league clubs mm. in the past as well, but where do you come from? How can Joe Blow off the street come off and say, well, I believe XYZ club is poorly managed? Mm. What, what are you basing that on? Because you don't really know how the club is managed. You're seeing the results on the field. And maybe you're assuming, well, it must be poorly managed for that to happen. I don't know. I think you've got to be in the inner sanctum to really know if a club is poorly managed. Or are you saying, well, hang on, let's take West Tigers, for mm. example, because that club is is well publicised in terms of we know how many players in recent years have been let go. Mm. And you could argue that it's been poor roster management yeah. that maybe has the club, well, hasn't made the finals for a long time. So there's an example. And your, your evidence is because they've let all these players go uh, – the likes of James Tedesco, mm. et cetera. The likes of Josh Adokar, et cetera. Yeah, okay. You can make a, po- a point there. So I'd say that's a symptom of poor management. I think what you're looking for, you're right, you probably do have to be in the inner sanctum to know how Yeah, but, you know, like Justin Pascoe's got his reasons for, and when whoever the manager well, was so but prior to that, they, I'm sure they had reasons and salary cap pressures, but some clubs do it much better than others. And symptoms always come after the fact of the well, now you're getting deep. Well, but it's true. So the West Tigers might not necessarily... In fact, I think they've improved probably how they've been managed over the last few years, just looking at the players they're choosing to sign and not sign. But mm. they're running behind, their symptoms are running behind the actual management. The management has changed in the past five years, mm. but they are still suffering from the effects of decisions made that long ago. Yeah, so so what Wayne is saying that he he doesn't believe it is all about the new rules, these score blowouts, but rather that uh, a handful of clubs are run a whole lot better than the rest of the bunch. That's what he's saying, um, and some clubs are, are like a toxic environment. Oh, what's her name? Toxic. Who was she? What's her name? Britney Spears. Britney. They played Britney. 
They played Britney Spears' Toxic at halftime of yesterday's match. They really? Yes. There was no one there, though. I read it in the paper today. I read it in the paper today. Maybe that's why Wayne had Toxic on his mind. Do you think? (laughs) Think Wayne's a fan of Britney Spears? We're going to take a break shortly. Around the grounds we go to Wimbledon. Uh, Ash Barty has taken the first set against uh, Barbora Krajikova. Is that how you say it? Krajikova, yeah. Back Bar- yourself, Chris. Barbora Krajikova. Yeah. Ash Barty uh, up one set, and uh, she has won uh, the first game. So uh, we had Rocket Man, didn't we, Elton? And uh, we've given away those three, two, ones. Are we going to do that now? We're going to do it later. We'll do it after the break. And uh, again, uh, thanks for sending those uh, texts through your celebrations. Here's your last chance in this break if you are listening and you want to nominate some uh, some players for their try celebrations. Uh, last chance to do it now in this break. And uh, when we come back, we will uh, we'll talk about some of the best celebrations, try celebrations from round 16. Almost, uh, where are we? Nine past 11. We're here up until midnight. You're listening to uh, Higher Ground up here, uh, the late night league lounge. The late night, late night league chat room. Uh, we talk all things rugby league and more. Some silly stuff as well. And uh, thanks to Darren, who's been in touch again via the text line. And he's given us some nominations for the try celebrations Now, um, I've taken those on board, Darren. I'm not going to give out who you think is the winner uh, because that might spoil what we're doing here. But I appreciate you doing that. Uh, and uh, your Rocket Man points, you gave us those earlier on. Uh, the Rocket Man, the winner, though, was uh, Tom Draboyevich. He's taken another three points this weekend. And he now leads. He's got an 11-point lead over the next on the Rocket Man ladder. So second best is, is Teddy in second place still. And Nathan uh, Cleary's not far back either, but um, that's almost an unassailable lead. Uh, Tommy Turbo in the Rocket Man. So we're giving out a double Rocket Man this week. Um, Elton, come in. Yes, so this one is for the Tri Celebrations, uh, the Mossy Masoy Foundation, and, and you all will know by now that. Uh, Mossy had a, a, a really bad spinal injury and he's doing it tough. Uh, sports bet in conjunction, well, they're raising some funds over the weekend. They were giving out $5,000 uh, contributing for every player that did a try celebration. Uh, and I think the, the sum was 65 k So well done to sports bet for doing that. And that will go through the Men of League Foundation through to Mossy Masoy. So he'll, he will get those funds to, just to help him out, learn, lessen the pain um, and the trouble he's got at the moment. Um, but thank you to, to Sportsbet for that. All right, we've narrowed it down, uh, me and the Mad Russian, with uh, also, and Darren has helped us with this as well. Uh, we've narrowed it down to four. So number four is... Yeah, that's a fish in line. That was Cody Ramsey. Cody Ramsey, his tri-celebrations that pretty much got the Dragons right back into that match against the Warriors, which they went on to win by one point. The next nominee for the Rocketman try celebrations, this goes to a fella who thought he had scored a try, but he hadn't. We can't wait for June.
Yeah, Wayne, I'm just doing a bit of surfing, says Adam Reynolds. And uh, he just uh, unfortunately put his foot on the dead ball line and that was no try. So you basically celebrated in a pipeline barrel, but you didn't actually score the try, Adam Reynolds. Bad luck, buddy. Uh, well played, though, Souths against West Tigers. Our third nominee for the Rocketman Try Celebration Award, this fella, well, he could have been in Robin Hood. <laughs> Bullseye. Bullseye. Ellie Katoa. Ellie Katoa. Uh, the right uh, second rower, isn't he, for the Warriors in that same uh, match against the Dragons, the match that they tried desperately to lose, and they did lose that match. But I did like the Robin Hood, the archer, uh, the Hi arrow. There. My name the is- arrow. What? Who's that? Was that Ellie? Hi there. I'm coming in to accept my award. Uh, and he pulled the arrow out of the – what was it? A quiver? Yeah, the quiver. It, right. The quiver's the thing that holds the arrows, Yeah. On your back. Yeah. So, Ellie Katoa. Now, down to our winner. Our winner of the Tri-Celebrations Award from round 16. Well, this fella, he scored 30 points. Can you believe it? Equaled Manly's highest points haul in a single match. Ruben Garrick. Now, he was pretty much channeling, I think, Shane Warne. So well done, Ruben Garrick. Uh, You, uh, with your appeal, I think you're throwing the leg spin over with the steed and uh, turned around and got him. You're the winner of the try celebrations. To all the NRL players from round 16, though, that did celebrate the tries, well done to you and 65,000 raised through Sportsbet for Mossy Masoy. You bet it is. 16 past 11. We're here until midnight. It's uh, lovely to have your company wherever you might be tuning in, on the app or at home or in the car. Uh, we do this Monday, Wednesday and a Friday night. And uh, you can join me on a Sunday from midday, NRL match day as well. Uh, so that's pretty much my contribution to SEN 1170 and enjoying it along the way. Enjoying some of our, our listeners as well and those texts that are coming through. Uh, G'day, Chris and Mad Russian. Karate Warrior here. Off the back of your mentions of Tom Trebojevic, is he the one man in the competition who could potentially help Manly skittle the likes of Melbourne and Penrith in the finals lottery? I reckon he, I reckon he is. I reckon he is Karate Warrior. Uh, if it can, if anyone can do it, he can do it. I just think we've uh, we've suddenly got a new a new horse in this mm. two horse race, and uh, they have a jockey on the back. What's well, a well, he's too big for a jockey, wouldn't he, uh, Tommy Turbo? Uh, but Desi is there as well, so who knows what might happen? Uh, the big news of the day: the Dragons. The penalties of the NRL have come down pretty heavily on the Dragons. Paul Vaughan out for eight matches, and uh, twelve other St George Illawarra players uh, will have a one match suspension. All varying. Fines as well. Corey Norman slapped with a fifty thousand dollar fine. Paul Vaughan, the host of Weekend at Vaughan's, uh, he's been slapped with a fifty thousand dollar fine and an eight match suspension. I went off uh, earlier tonight. I gave you my thoughts on the whole thing. Um, I don't think I was being too hard. And after listening to Andrew Voss this morning, uh, I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page. I'm sure what he really wanted to say was, "You bunch of bloody idiots." I'll call out exactly what this was from the Dragons players. This cannot be passed off as a mistake, as a case of not understanding the rules. There is no grey area. This was a premeditated case of up yours. The Dragons players involved here are saying up yours to every business owner who has done it so tough over the past 18 months, who don't have a governing body watching their back. You play by the rules, whatever the consequences. We're entitled. We'll do things our way. 
The Dragons players have said up yours to every parent who has kids on school holidays at the moment. The ones who had trips planned that had to be cancelled. They haven't been able to enjoy themselves with the usual freedoms due to lockdown across Greater Sydney and beyond. It's amazing how eight and nine-year-old kids understand the rules, but these professional footballers don't. There is Vossi this morning. Uh, Yeah, and uh, well said too, mate. And I I agree with everything you're saying there, Andrew. Uh, Vossi, I really do. Because I've got kids as well and they had plans these holidays and they haven't been able to go there. There's there's loads of people doing it really tough. So basically, I agree. The Dragons have said here, this. See this finger here, the middle finger? That's the jack, the bird. Um, To authority, we're going to make our own rules. That at, At least that's the perception, all right? And it's a really, really bad look for the game. Uh, Shane's on the line uh, from Marrickville. Hey, Shane, what do you got for us? G'day, Chris. How are you, mate? I'm good, brother. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, with these blowout scores, my view is if, if you're not prepared to tackle, you deserve what you get. Yeah, it's a big part of the game, isn't it? Tackling, a pretty simple game, sometimes made too complex. You've got to run hard and you've got to tackle hard. And uh, at the weekend, sadly, there were a couple of teams at least that I reckon they, they gave it up, myself. Uh, you don't think the rule yeah. changes, you don't think it's down to the rule changes then the blowout scores? No, it's just your laziness. Some teams are not lazy. Some teams are. Some teams are coached a lot better than others. I mean, there were a couple of games there decided by one point. There was no blowout there. So both teams pretty much were prepared to put their shoulder to the wheel and, and tackle and do the hard stuff. Uh, but then you yeah. saw you saw four games where they were just total mismatches. Yeah, and I'm totally blind and I could tackle better than some of them. Yeah, well. Well, mate, yeah, I know. And it looked that way, didn't it? Particularly Canberra. I mean, that was, uh, I do feel for Ricky. Yeah, I don't know what's going on down there in Canberra, but they turned it up. They turned it up. How does a team with 12 men score three tries in eight minutes against you? If you can, if you can fair dinkum say you're trying. I think they've got big problems in Canberra. Thanks for your call, mate. Shano, I appreciate that, mate. Stay in touch and a uh, friend of the show. Always uh, always feel free uh, to give us a call here at Higher Ground, me and the Mad Russian. I'm going to go around the grounds to Wimbledon. Uh, Ash Barty on, is that centre court or is it on the outside? He's on the number one Number court. one court. Yeah, number one court. There's no roof there. Uh, Chris, you fool. Obviously not centre court. Uh, waiting for our good friends at Channel 9 to uh, put the score graphic up onto the screen for me. So what I'm doing now is padding. There it is. So Ash won the first set, and uh, she's up 3-2 in the second against Barbara Krajikova. Uh, Barbara Krajikova. Um, right, so we'll keep you across that, uh, if we can, up until midnight. Each and every week, though, we chat to the Pearl, so it's now time to do this. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowraville? That's it, Queensland. Queensland's everywhere. Queensland's everywhere. Well, thanks to Deadly Choices, which aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards healthier, happier lives by eating healthy, exercising daily, and eradicating sugar and smokes and alcohol from their diet and Deadly Choices. Thanks to them, Stevie Renoff, who does a a wonderful job for uh, that cause, Deadly Choices. And Steve joins us on the line. How are you, buddy? Hey, good, Chris. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm good. Now, I've got to be honest with you, the last few weeks when we've had our <laughs> weekly chat, 
I have felt a bit for you. It's been a little bit depressing. Um, <laughs> you Queenslanders haven't had a whole lot to cheer about. Uh, but finally, the Broncos, they a really good performance from them yesterday, huh? Oh, it was amazing. It was good. It was really good to see, Chris. It was, um, it was special for us, too, because you know, I don't go to many of the games, but mm. it was a deadly choices round as well. And, um, you know, the... The, the the team what they did yesterday is, is they, they played to their potential and they knew this game uh, Cronulla were beatable and they went out there and did the job and you know that all Kevy be so happy and he, we saw that after the game so it was it was a great win. Mm. I I actually tipped the Broncos and I got a few strange looks here around <laughs> the office but uh, one that I got right a difficult weekend for tipping I thought it was but it ends a four game losing streak for your boys um, and and your broker. Uh, the Sharks' four-game winning streak. Um, firstly, just just on on Kevy. I mean, last week or during the week, he said he sort sort of wants a a reset, hit the reset button for the club. Now, we know in the last couple of weeks, he um, well, it, we thought that that no players were leaving, but but then we saw Matt Lodge goes and joins the Warriors. So yeah. there's been a few distractions off the field. Benny Iken comes in now and and is heading up the football department. Um, now, I'm not saying that success yesterday was the uh, I can touch instantly, yeah. but there have been some, uh, I guess, some positive changes around the club. Yeah, there have been. And, th- and th- look, it's probably what was needed. Um, I'm not sure why this hasn't happened in the past. I mean, I, I sort of know why, but, um, you know, um, Benny Eichen coming in and um, obviously with Dave Donaghy and, and, and Kevin there, that they... Uh, I think this is a good thing for the club, and they showed that yesterday. You know, they they went out there and they knew they could win, and they did. Um, but yeah, with, with the change that happened, I, I think it's a positive for the club, to be honest. And you know, it, it needs a bit of a clean out, and that's what's happening. Mm. You know, sadly, this season, you know, it, it's it's really done. I guess you, uh, you, know, you you'd need a, a miracle. You'd need to win your last eight games. Yeah. Uh, with the bye to, to to make the finals, I mean it's math- mathematically possible. It's yeah. it's it's probably not going to happen. But avoiding that wooden spoon, I, I guess that's now a a goal that's plastered on every door around Red Hill. Yeah, exactly, mate. We just don't want to be there again, honestly. Um, you know, it's still hard to take that. That's where we ended up last year. So, you know, you know, we we've done a couple of back to backs over the years for the Broncos and. We don't want a back-to-back wooden spoon. Katoni mm. Stags made a difference, huh? Oh, amazing! It was just great. Just shows the class of player he is. He's been out for that long. He come back, you know, he was close to man of the match for the Broncos. Him and Payne Haas, it was just absolute machine. But you know, to see him come back and have a solid game like that, that just makes it even better for Brisbane going forward. What do you think his best position is going forward? I think he, you know, I've talked about this and they're talking about him at six. So I really hope he stays at centre. <laughs> I just think he's a lot more damaging out there. And he showed that on the weekend. And, um, you know, but uh, there's talks that he, he wants the six jersey. So that'll be interesting. But I'd still rather see him in space uh, and doing what he does out a bit wider. Yeah, well, you, you've got you've got every right to, to, to make a comment on that, haven't you, Pearl? Because uh, you're one of the best I've seen. Um, well, if not the best Broncos uh, centre in the history of the joint, Tessie knew strong performance from him oh, too. How much? How yeah. much has this kid got? Oh, I know, and that, that's the thing. Potentially, this kid he can, he can do anything. He's such a great player. He came into the into the Broncos as this young gun, and he showed that he showed a lot a lot of maturity. I, I thought in the game in the weekend, and he 
Um, you know, he just, he just had a great game. And it's good to see that they're settling. You know, this is you know one game, but they just looked a lot more settled. And we, we were all worried um, how the second half would go. You know, they, they go in, you know, in the game at half time, but all the talk around was, well, how, how's the second half going to pan out? But they, they topped it off. I, I thought their performance was, you know, obviously one of the best they've done for a while. And, um, looks like they've hopefully turned a corner. You mentioned Payne Haas, uh, Steve, and he had a big game. Oh. Um, I guess you'd be hoping that uh, come Origin 3, he uh, he takes the foot <laughs> off the pedal a bit. Oh, yeah. What a machine. <laughs> it just showed uh, yesterday uh, with the final play. Uh, you know, here he is a front row, and he was back there to, to bat the ball out over mm. the dead ball in defence. And what we, we sort of, you'd watch that all day, what he did there, and it was just... Just shows them, you know, the, the engine he has that he's doing that at the 80th minute as a front rower, and he, he you know, makes all these yards during the match. He, he is, he, he's a real machine. Isn't he? They might be little things, but as you well know, they are big plays, aren't they? In the broader picture of yep. things, you know, when a coach sees that 80th yes. minute effort from a front rower, that's about attitude, and that can be infectious. And I guess that's what Kevy wants, that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And look, we, we probably we probably had one of the best in the game do that. He played with us with Glenn Lazarus. He mm. he used to do those efforts all the time, you know, and cover the fence. And um, yeah, to see Payne do that yesterday, it just it just shows um, what class of player he is. And and you know, and we we're so happy we got him here. Mm. Uh, the other Queensland NRL clubs, the Cowboys, where they were picked apart by Kalen Ponga um, and Newcastle, <laughs> but uh, the Titans, well, they're up and they're down and. Um, they, they were belted the match before by 50-odd, and then they go and towel up the Raiders. I don't know if you saw any of that match, Steve, but oh, the Raiders, did, as good as the Titans were, the Raiders were just atrocious. Yeah, they just... I don't know what happened there. As you say, that, that definitely wasn't um, the way they play their footy, and I, I don't know whether um, the Titans just gone there and they've actually gone there and they've pants them, really. Um, but, they, you know, they, they put some good footy together the Titans and that's a good thing you know we all know they can score points um, but you know they, they did well defensively mm. uh, Origin buddy so it's not looking good I don't need to remind you what the aggregate score from the first two <laughs> no. games are you, you know do you need reminding or not no, I, no? Okay. I'm right there, Chris. I, All right. I, I, no. I, I did okay at math. All right, good. Good, we'll leave that one out then. But, you know, I, I think I think just looking at the team selections uh, for game three, um, it looks to be a, a stronger side. It, it certainly a stronger side with Kalen Ponga oh. back in it. But also you, you seem to have a bit more stri- strike. You, you're not playing a, a second rower out there in the centres. Yeah. You've got AJ Brimson comes in. And uh, Tabu Ifido too, will make his debut. And oh. we all know how quick he is. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he, as he said, I, you know, I saw him interviewed and uh, he's getting to run in the centres. And I, I think we'll see, you know, he, he's ready for it. Um, you know, he's been playing some really good rugby league. And, you know, he's come on the same seem pretty quickly and it it's just good to see that they'll bring this young kid in he, he backs himself he has a go so uh we really need that um he, he's going to be up against tommy turbo um so you know it, it, it's you know he's going to know he's alive but i, I think he can handle it mm. so unlike the blues i mean their three changes are all forced by injury uh the changes to queensland 
none of those are forced by injury, but rather just to shake the team up and have a bit more strikeout wide and a bit more speed. So Benny Hunt will play hooker. Val Holmes shifts, yes. shifts to the wing, which I think is probably his better position in origin. Um, and Brimson, Brimson covers off a, a few places. But right in saying, isn't it? It, it, is, it is a stronger team. It is a stronger team. Benny Hunt, you know, starting as hooker. I mean, Benny steps up when he when he gets to Origin, and we'll know what we'll get from him. That'll change it up a bit. But Carlin Ponga back. That, that's you know that that's a big in uh, for Queensland, obviously. And you know, I, I just think they they've just got a lot of pride to play for. They want they want to you know uh, you know just put a bit more pride back in that jersey. They'll all be gutted um, how the first two games are gone. So. I'm hoping to see a, a lot different performance in this third match. Mm. Mate, on other issues and, and the COVID breaches by the Dragons, I mean, I guess we, <laughs> we're all sharing the same opinion, but the, the NRL has come down pretty hard uh, on them and uh, the fines total about $300,000. Paul Vaughan, cops, wow. he, he cops an eight-match uh, suspension, Paul Vaughan, um, and all the other players get a one-match ban. So the Dragons, uh, they are able to serve those suspensions uh, between two, three, and four weeks. So they can't all be missing in the same game. They'll be unable mm. to field a team. But I just do feel sorry for, for, for Dragons fans because, in my opinion, this is this will cost them a place in the eight. Yeah, mate, it, it's it's big, you know. And I think for such a proud club too, you know, Foundation Club like St George, for this sort of stuff to happen, I, I'm not sure what the boys are thinking that they, um, you know, that, you know, in the in the lockdown down there, and you you want to call a, a big you know it's a fair party and a fair drink, and it just Looks you know like against it, the it? rules, and you know they, they, they're supposed to be in the bubble. It's just just crazy to be honest. Um, but when you but, say um, I don't know they, what they were thinking, I, I don't think they were thinking. I, I really <laughs> no, don't think I don't think that any of them uh, were thinking. That's no. uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it is, and it, it, it I mean it must be so frustrating. I mean not just for the NRL but St George. And the supporters and and their administration they're absolutely gutted um, that, that that even went on. And but I'll tell you what, um, there'll be a lot of other clubs um, making sure that you know when they see something like this, they make sure that their their players aren't doing or, or even go near doing something like that. Well, I thought we had seen the last of it when the ball the issue happened with the Bulldogs. They were fined as a club. Mm-hmm. Then we saw what Josh Dugan had done. He copped the fine and, and apologised. And I thought, well, that'll be it. That'll be it. Surely on the same weekend. Uh, they've gone out and done this, so uh, I can only imagine what uh, what Hook must be thinking. Um, no. But, yeah, disappointing. you give anything to be an NRL coach, wouldn't you? Oh, but, mate, on a serious <laughs> note, you, you'd give, you'd give your, your right arm to be an NRL player, and with that comes responsibility, yeah. you know? Uh, yes. Anyway, as you say, I, I don't think any of them were thinking. What, what it does, it sends no. a message, though, uh, Pearl, doesn't it? It sends a message to... Broader society and, and community, and even you know the state governments, etc. It's sort of it's almost sticking your middle finger up at them, saying you know we we will make our own rules here, and, and maybe they're not they're not mm. thinking that way, but that's the that's the perception that the game doesn't need. It's un- unbelievable, mate. We we yeah, we don't need that. We just you know boys, just pull your head in when you know it it, it is different times, but you know everyone else is trying to do the right thing. We just got to make sure that they don't, you know they got to realise that they're they're watched by you know millions of people and they're, they're held in high regard and then something like that happens. So, mm. you know, I don't think they'll be doing that again. 
No, they won't. Pearl, thanks for joining us, mate, as always. And I, I, I love chatting to you each Monday, generally. Uh, we do that for Deadly Choices, and it was great to see the Broncos uh, win yesterday in what was uh, Deadly Choices round. So congratulations yeah. to you. Good luck with the rest of the season, and go you Blues in Origin 3. Great. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Thanks, mate. Well, that just about does us here for this edition of Higher Ground. Thanks to all those that uh, have called through tonight and those that have sent uh, text messages through. Our winner of Rocketman was uh, Tommy Trebojevic, hashtag Turbo21. Our Wood Duck of the Week, uh, sadly, was uh, Paul Vaughan for Weekend at Vaughanies. Uh, my thanks as well to Steve Renoff, who joins us most Mondays. And uh, it's great to see that uh, the Pearl is smiling after a really good win, hey? A really good win by the Broncos. And, uh, well, let's hope his Queenslanders don't have a win in Origin 3. A lot of water to pass under that bridge. Also, uh, I must thank Scotty Bailey for jumping on the line, talking through all the Dragons' problems. Um, good to chat to Scott, and he's a regular on the show as well. So thanks for listening. Now, we'll be back on Wednesday night uh, for Higher Ground from 10 o'clock Thursday. Don't forget that match, the Sea Eagles against Canberra Raiders. That's from 7. And then on Friday, South Sydney take on North Queensland Cowboys. That match also, you can join us for that here at 7 o'clock. That's it for now. Take care. Goodbye. Keep smiling.